Welcome to Time Out for Anesthesia. In these episodes, you'll hear a variety of experts discuss data, analytics, and strategies that can help you modernize and empower your anesthesia practice. We want this podcast to really benefit you, so if you have any questions or a specific topic you'd like Time Out to discuss, you can email us at timeout at graphiumhealth.com. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Time Out for Anesthesia. I'm your host, David Henderson, and I'm bringing back a guest that we've had on recently, and I've pretty much asked her to come back whenever she can. She's so fantastic to talk to and so knowledgeable, uh, and the time we spend with her is so valuable. Welcome back to the show, Crystal Saganero from Metro Anesthesia. Crystal, how are you doing? Hi, David. I'm good. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. What's Thanks news? Back. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Everything good in your world? Everything's good. You know, we're growing like crazy, staying busy. Awesome. Awesome. Good to hear. I don't know that growth is everybody's story at the moment. So, but you know, that's one of the reasons I have you on the show because you guys kind of have a really cool recipe for how to grow. Um, we talked a little bit last time. If you guys didn't hear our conversation on the previous episode with Crystal. I encourage you to go back there. I'll post it in the notes here. Um, But we talked a lot about what it means, especially in a post-COVID world, to kind of look after your doctors, right? Your anesthesia providers in your group and kind of where their minds are anymore, what they're looking for and things like that. Um, We talked a lot about how people are kind of valuing their time a lot differently than they used to. Yes, I want a job and I want to work, but I think spending time with my family is actually pretty important. So um, anyway, great conversation. And thank you again for that. And I encourage everybody to go back and listen to that. Um, Today, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about a little bit different of a perspective. We talked about things kind of internally. Now I want to talk about things externally. Um, I want to talk about the way you manage relationships between yourself, the anesthesia group, and the facilities that you serve. So Crystal, just at at the very first, what I want to ask is, what's it like on a day-to-day basis? What are some things that are on your mind um, while you're interacting with facilities that you guys serve? Well, um, I think first and foremost, it's important to note that physician leadership is absolutely key when we talk about relationship building uh, between groups and whether it's healthcare systems or at the facility level. So um, while I personally don't interact every day with hospital administration, neither does our CEO or COO. Ours is kind of limited or as needed. We do have physicians on the front line who, you know, represent Metro in that. And they're the ones really having to focus every day on maintaining that relationship um, and, you know, helping improve efficiency, helping be a problem solver, all of those things. So I would say, you know, those are some of the things that they think about daily. You know, what are the needs of this facility? How can we help? How can we partner with administration to either improve efficiency, to streamline a process, 
to improve patient satisfaction, to improve patient outcomes, whatever the need may be. So it's very important for anesthesia groups to put physician leaders you know, in that role so that they have a liaison between the facility and the group to say, here's what's going on at this particular hospital. Here's what's going on within this particular healthcare system. This is their expectation of how their anesthesia group can help, um, you know, navigate this issue or, or be a problem solver. So let's talk about what we can do. How can we partner with them? Um, okay. And they're, I mean, honestly, they're, they're dealing with that every single day. Every day can be a new issue, as you know. Right. So um, before moving into new issues, what I want to jump into is kind of standard. What, um, when you're thinking about winning contracts from facilities or, you know, sustaining your mm-hmm. current relationships, what are the standard things that a facility is looking for, what what are they? What do they expect the anesthesia other than providing good anesthesia? Yeah. Uh, what what are the things that they're looking to your group to provide for them? I think first um, on that list is availability. They want okay. a physician group that can be available, that can be flexible, and um, you know able to kind of adapt as, as needed, you know, according to volume or whatnot in the facility. I think that's that makes good. sense. Good. You know, patient care is up there. <laughs> you know, Are the <laughs> okay, patients good. still alive? That's a very <laughs> step one. Did okay. they wake up? Step two, are you available? <laughs> Got it. I think that's okay. the biggest thing. I mean, you have to remember every hospital has different OR volumes. Um, every hospital gives different surgeons block days, or they have heavier ortho days some days, or, uh, you know, OB-GYN cases or GI days or whatever it may be. And that looks different. It's not streamlined across a particular healthcare system or particular region. So, um, you know, they, they have different needs every single day. And so what they need is an anesthesia group who can say, okay, whatever you have, let's, we're going to be here. let's partner together to make that efficient. So you guys are staffing appropriately and we can staff, so to speak, um, our anesthesia group up to match your needs. Got it. That makes sense. Um, And so outside of just availability and keeping people alive, then um, how then, because those seem, those seem relatively basic, right? Very standard. Yeah. Um, but I would imagine that no anesthesia group who's trying to win a contract goes to a facility and says, yeah, we're not super available or right. we yeah. don't keep patients alive very often. I mean, I guess so, we still up probably. <laughs> right. <But> yeah. <laughs> so, so then I guess what I do then is I lean in and I say, okay, well then how do you distinguish yourself? Right. So how do you distinguish your group in the eyes of facility leadership who are either shopping around or if they're just generally reviewing the contracts that they have in place and looking at your own relationship. Yeah, honestly, that is where relationship building is so important. Uh, I'll speak for our group specifically, you know, Metro, we are very focused on interpersonal relationships and making sure that our physician leaders are, you know, have a very tight knit bond with their hospital administration. Um, you know, I would say that that should be the norm across the board as well. You know, your physician leaders should have a great relationship with administration. But honestly, um, 
that it speaks volumes because what you, what you learn is if you implement that at all of your contracted facilities, you know, people talk and they're going to learn is the reputation of that group consistent. That's a very big factor is the reputation consistent. And if it is, that's really how you kind of start to gain that overall reputation of being available or being difficult or whatever it may be for the good or bad. And so the only way to do that is really just build from the ground up. And that starts with the relationships within the facility. Got it. Um, And it's really, so, so it's the physicians who are creating that relationship. What, what makes for a good relationship between a physician and the hospital leadership? It's a good question. I think, you know, adopt the mentality of, you know, I see you, I hear you. How can I partner to make it better? Um, Not not to say that, you know, you're always going to have an answer right away, or you're always going to be able to give the answer that they want in that moment. But it's important for administration to feel heard and to feel that they have a true partner in this, um, that their anesthesia group isn't working against them. Because, you know, if you're not on the same page and you don't have the same goals at the end of the day, it's not going to be a good fit. Right. And that's where, you know, people kind of can rear up against each other or you start to have disgruntled administration or surgeons or physician, um, anesthesiologist, or whatever the case may be, um, that if you're not on the same page, that will start to happen. And if you don't communicate, so that's the second thing, just constant communication. And I would really suggest that that be face-to-face, you know, verbal communication that's kept up consistently. Um, you know, as you know, I think we've all been victim to the, um, email tone problem or the text tone (laughs) where you get a text and you overanalyze why did they put a period there and not a comma? Are they frustrated? (laughs) Are they, is this it? Is this the last day I'm ever going to talk to them? Um, But the, you know, it sounds silly. Like you, you do that in your day-to-day relationships, but it's no different in a business setting. Uh, You have to be really careful with what you say and how you say it. And, you know, while it's much easier to fire off an email, it's also a lot easier to fire off an email filled with emotion that can come right. across wrong. So sure. I would say communication is key, making sure that that physician leader, um, you know, is getting FaceTime with administration, talking to the OR staff, the anesthesia techs, you know, the nurse supervisor, just making sure that everybody in that facility knows kind of that they are there to help, you know, and that when they do meet with the administration, they can honestly say, you know, here's the feedback that I've been getting from X, Y, Z. And this is how it pertains to what we're talking about. And I think um, that that really bodes well overall and helps create, you know, those long-term solid relationships. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you always make such good sense. Okay, so let me <laughs> ask you. Of the time, David. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what does stats even mean? Um, from your perspective, um, so now we have a physician liaison going, and he has a relationship, or she has a relationship with the hospital administration. Right. But from your chair and from the CEO's chair who aren't necessarily doing the interfacing, how do you play, how do you support that relationship in the background? 
So, you know, it depends. Okay. <laughs> it depends on what the need is. Sure. Um, I think that's the beauty of, you know, if you have a physician led group, but you have the support of a professionally managed organization or corporate structure or whatnot, um, your support system should really be there to help supplement whatever information is needed, give it to the chief and allow them to present it. So if the issue at hand is efficiency, and let's say administration is saying that they've been getting complaints or hearing comments about inefficiency with anesthesia or inefficiency when blocks are placed or whatever the case may be, you know, the physician leader, we call them chiefs, um, could be a medical director, whatever it is, you know, they're one person. And while they are the voice and the representative of that group, they're still one person. So what do they need? They need data. So we don't want them to be spending all of their time compiling that data, analyzing that data. I mean, they have to be taking care of patients. And then when they're not, they deserve to go home and be with their families, right? Right. For sure. So they would come to us and say, hey, here's what the issue is. What can we give them? Like what, you know, how, if you need anything from me, let me know, but here's the end result of what we need. Um, If it's a financial question, if it's a, you know, a quality of care question, if it's a, you know, the list goes on, patient satisfaction, whatever it may be, um, we support the physician by giving them whatever data they need, because data is really the only thing that you can use to support the need for a new process or a change, or honestly, to defend yourself as well. Right, right. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, it probably goes without saying from a Graphium Health employee that I completely agree. Yes. Um, that that is where it's at. Um, and specifically, we've heard stories um, from our clients where there are cases where they are going and they're meeting with hospital administration and somebody gets up um, before them and says, listen, we are, we're having efficiency problems. Specifically, um, our first case is always late. Right. Um, And it's anesthesia's fault. Always. It's always anesthesia's fault. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I get that impression that that fingers are always pointed first at anesthesia. And without data, you're left with, simply an emotional argument back. I mean, really, basically your argument back is not. Yeah. Right. Right? That's not true. (laughs) You just don't like me. That's the, yeah. Right. Right. And it does, it becomes emotional and it becomes political. And there's the only way to overcome both of those things in these interpersonal relationships is data to, is to provide data. But Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about the power of that, like to come back more emotionally and more political, all you do is augment the problem until it explodes and the contract just ends. They find somebody else because of everything you've just been talking about. Um, So in that, in that example, we've, we've actually heard from clients who are like, listen, I was at this meeting and somebody got up randomly and said, listen, we're all of our first cases are late and it's because of anesthesia and they need to fix it. And they were able actually to get up right then in that moment and pull up a report, right? That said, first case on time starts. Here's us, right? Here's the delays. And here's the delay reason right here. 
And what you're seeing is 85% of the time, it's actually because of, and and name the reason, right? But it wasn't anesthesia. And they were able to explain what it was. And the great thing about that is not only was it able to save the relationship between, right, make anesthesia look good and save that relationship, but it actually was something that they could hand to hospital leadership and say, actually, here's the thing that you could actually fix. Right. And all of a sudden your ORs are going to be, you know, however many percent more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, you're, I mean, a hundred percent. And we, we, uh, we've done that ourselves a few times. So I'm happy good. to hear <laughs> that other people are, I mean, it's, it's a great tool and you feel so much better about it because you know that a, you're not giving an emotional response but I feel like the data speaks volumes, you know, you don't even right. have to, you know, have a smirk or have a, you're just like, Oh, okay. Here, here we go. Actually right. here's the bottom line. And, you know, you can really save face, so to speak. And sure. I think it's so, it's so important. So, you know, it gets to the bottom line faster. You know, you can help create solutions to solve problems and all the while saving your relationship with either the surgeon, the nursing staff, administration, and, you know, just really making your group look, you know, proactive. And I think there's, you can't go wrong (laughs) when you answer. I agree. I agree. And when you think about these relationships, I think you guys are interacting with a lot of people who very frequently feel very alone in what they do. Um, when I think about an OR director, for instance, who's faced with inefficiencies or quality problems or something like that, um, I feel like when those things come up, that person is probably blamed, but when they fix them and when things are going well, they don't hear a word. Oh, and so I can only imagine that for an anesthesia group to come along and see them, right. And hear them and say, listen, I know your job is difficult. Um, and I know what you do is basically magic. Yeah. Let me give you, let me give you this yeah. as a gift. That's going to show the world the great things that you have done. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden that relationship is something they're never going to want to let go. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then, and then when somebody does come along and maybe it's a larger anesthesia group, who's cutting corners and therefore cutting costs and able to come in and say, listen, their contract is this much, but we're a lot cheaper. Now what you have is instead of you standing there and trying to defend yourself, you have these really nice cornerstones all around saying, absolutely not. (laughs) Right. You're absolutely right. You know, and you, you start mining that data and you keep it consistent and you, you know, you let it be something you live with and bring to the hospitals quarterly, weekly, whatever it is that that they want. And then fast forward to a time where you're bidding for a new contract or someone, you know, sends out a request to say, Hey, we're thinking about closing, um, you know, to have an exclusive anesthesia group. That is, I would say the third thing that, you know, you would ask what, what are they looking for? What would you bring to the table, you know, from the business standpoint, if you were bidding for one of these, and it's all of that data, um, you know, conceptually, here's what we can bring to the table. Here's what our, you know, we're going to have a chief there. Um, Here are the things that they're responsible for. Here are all the things that we're checking and, you know, all of the ways that we're going to help improve efficiencies. And here's how, 
And so, um, you know, it plays a part not only in sustaining the relationships you have, but it is the the leg that you stand on um, when you're trying to to build a new relationship that's based on the need for data and and building those relationships. So. Yep. Well, and I think I think the things that you've said today represent a really holistic view of the system, right? The fact that you are concerned about a relationship that happens between a chief and between um, whoever, you know, the director of operations or whoever at the hospital. But outside of that, you have these other players, right? Behind the chief, you have the crystals of the world and behind the CEO, you have the director of the OR and all of these other people. And when you think about it in that way, right, the support structures that are behind mean so much. And so anyway, that's a really sideways way of coming at a compliment to you, because I think, um, you know, we've actually known each other and worked with each other for how many years now? Uh, I Six. Oh, look at those. I think it must be six. I was going to say six years. I I think that's right. It might be right on the border of six and seven. Um, But that being said, from the get go, whenever I've seen you working or heard from you or things like that, your mindset is very turned towards, hey, the data that we need is X, Y, and Z, because you're very proactive about because they're going to need this data. Right. Right. And not only they're going to be expecting this from us, but there's some data that they're not going to be expecting that they need and they're going to be surprised by. So I've always I've always valued that about the way that you approach um, and the way Metro. I'm sorry, I don't mean to make it just the crystal show, but um, (laughs) thanks. But I do uh, lots of compliments to everybody there. I just think you guys are fantastic. So, um, I mean. That's probably kind of tacky to people that are watching the show right now, just because <laughs> what am I going to say? You didn't say I was fantastic. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Dr. Miller. Um, just no, want to say. All, they're all fantastic. No. They are. I'm just, they I'm, are. I'm just being the representative right now. That's all. Right. That's the reason I'm getting Well, <laughs> and they are very welcome to the show if they've ever liked specific praise. Uh, you know, it's so interesting. Just a sidebar. Um physicians, you know, they're amazing. It's like anesthesiologists right. and bringing people to the brink of death, holding them there and bringing them back to life. <laughs> is amazing. Right. And right. you think, Oh my God, you can do anything, but you ask them to, to present about themselves for six minutes. And they're, it's just like full blown anxiety attacks. Sometimes <laughs> it's like, I can't a PowerPoint. What are you talking about? Like, and I just look at it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's nuts. They're so modest and humble, like as far as, you know, not wanting to give themselves accolades for how great they are. They're just like, no, 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 I don't, I'm fine. Let me just right. let me go back to the the medical side of this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's um, funny. <clears throat> well, we will just kind of stock up all the compliments here and make sure that the world knows. <laughs> Well, Crystal, this has been really good, um, and I hope I hope you're having as good a time as I am because I want you back on the show however often you're able to come. Um, I just think that what you bring to the table is so valuable, and I hope that our audience listening today can appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> would you be opposed um, if people wanted to get in touch with you? Would it be all right for them to shoot you an email or something oh, like sure. that? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, if you're okay with it, I will include your contact information here. Um, Probably just your name and email address. Yeah. Um, And then if they have questions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dating profile. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you want, really. If you want that out there, that's fine. Um, No, but um, please feel free to reach out to Crystal if you have any questions. Uh, Of course, if you ever want to reach out to me, you can always contact us at timeout at graphiumhealth.com. Crystal, once again, thank you. And we will see you next time. Everybody watching and listening, thank you so much. Have an awesome, yeah, no, great. Have an awesome evening, afternoon. I don't know what time you're listening. I just realized I'm like wishing you a good evening, but it may be morning where you are. Have a wonderful day wherever and whenever you are. David Henderson signing off for Time Out for Anesthesia. Bye-bye.